<laughs> Literally, if if they like redid all three prequels and it came with a free blowjob from George Lucas, that still wouldn't be as good as Rogue One. Dean, is it Carl Solo? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how fucking happy that just made me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for so long someone to call you that. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, it <laughs> is week 11 of Codename Chicken. How the fuck does that feel for you? Oh, I'm feeling pretty excited. It's our first recorded episode in 2017. Yes. I didn't think we'd make it this far into a different year. Yeah, we did a we did a whoops on the last one and, and released it late, but that's cool. I did call it. You did call it, and that kind of sparks off a chain of events that happened to make it late. I personally don't believe in shit like that. I feel like I feel like that's not to you. <laughs> <laughs> you plant a seed in the back of my head that it's going to be late, and then I thought, yeah, okay, I'll make it late. Mm, you, uh, I don't know. Did you sort of like hate it, and that gave way to uh, fear, which gave way to anger? Is that the way that worked? <laughs> no. No, no, I bought a tortoise and instead of doing the episode and putting it online, I built a tortoise cage <laughs> enclosure. Called a terrarium. It's a vivarium, actually. Oh, a terrarium has water in it, I think. Yeah, for turtles. Toidles, uh, tortoise, turtles living. Toidles, toidles. Yeah, so um, let's crack open the beers. Yeah, uh, again, I didn't bring a bottle over there, but I've got a lighter. Ow. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I've got a can. Oh, did you kill your lighter? Are you on fire? I heard a hiss. Yeah, that's fine. I've done it, but it was uneventful. It didn't make a noise. Um, I'm going to pour it into a glass because... That's the way I'm feeling today. What have you got there? Yeah. So I've got a Brewdog Punk IPA in a can. Classic. Rather than a bottle. I've got an empty bottle on my desk. I've still got the Santa Paws on my desk from the one that we recorded last week. Still got the rush for I need to uh, clean up my desk of beer cans and bottles. What's, um, what are you drinking? Uh, so I've got a bottle of uh, Fuller's London Pride, which is... Um, Kind of a, a fallback for me in my local area. Um, I don't particularly like like the sort of chain pubs, the Weatherspoons is and the O'Neills is and whatnot. Uh, and those are the places that tend to have the good beer. But the local pub around <laughs> here will have like, you know, the ones which mentioned all the time. Yeah, yeah, and Spitfire and Bombardier and London Pride and stuff. And London Pride is a nice drop. I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not fantastic, but it's also well, it's good. I like it. Hmm. Mm. Good stuff. Oh, it's been a while. So what are we talking about this week? We're a bit late to the party, but um, we're talking about Rogue One. Yeah, we are. Good. Rogue One. What a movie. I'm just trying to finish, like, the the bottle had too much liquid in it to go in this glass, so I'm trying to finish the bottle real quick. <laughs> so um 
I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Which wasn't a surprise. Excuse me. Um, I went in, I went just after Christmas and surprisingly I didn't have anything spoiled for me, even though I've been like online and whatever. So I was quite lucky. Mm, um, so it's probably best to warn people if you're interested in this film, we're going to talk about spoilers throughout the whole episode. So yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, um, maybe I give you permission to just like skip this one, go to the next one. <coughs> I'll not even skip it, just uh, put it at the back of your queue and then come back to it when the time is right. Yeah, because we're probably going to talk about like some nerdy pinpoint detail shit that you know, Joe Joe Public might not have noticed. Like, I spent... Uh, st- I, I also managed to not get spoiled, and I, I waited longer to watch it than you did. I saw it on New Year's Eve, and it came out December 15th, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Somewhere around there. So the only thing I knew about this film on the run up to it was that uh, sort of the basic premise is about uh, the team that sort of acquired the plans to the Death Star and how they did it uh, and that there is a dope new droid in it and so (laughs) my biggest (laughs) expectation was that I was going to go in and get a real good look at that droid because I want to build it in the new year Uh, well it is the new year so this year um and man, I got so much more than that. Jesus, fuck! This movie is good. Like, <laughs> just to just to put it on like the scale of of like the quality of Star Wars film, uh, kicks the shit out of the prequels, and I personally prefer it to the Force Awakens. It's just, yeah, I do think the Force Awakens was. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it, and it's like. Great, Star Wars is back, but it's a very safe film. I feel like I discussed this with my friend a little while ago, and I feel like once you take it for what it is, which is kind of just like a reset for the universe, right? It's basically like mm-hmm. A New Hope again, but um, just like laying the groundwork for what Star Wars can be going forward. I feel like exactly, it was, it was a very safe film and it done a lot of things right and it just you know got everyone very excited about star wars again and that was its job and purpose it wasn't to do anything groundbreaking well i think this was to do something different and have a bit more creative freedom and yeah i like the idea of of the uh a star wars story line right i mean that one (laughs) there have been people online that are like when is rogue 2 gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like in the seventies, mate. <laughs> it's been a- um, no, I think Rogue Two can totally be a thing. It can be the story of uh, the many buttons who lost their lives. Yeah, acquiring the plans for the second Death Star, which, by all accounts, basically the same. I would imagine it's literally like, the same film in a different place. Yeah, the second Death Star wasn't that different from uh, from um, the first one. There, there was um, something, one of the things that I really liked about Rogue One, right, was that it, it gave you a bit more uh, detail on the original Death Star. And so it turns out that it is powered, and I'm going to fucking hate myself for not remembering the name of these crystals. Kyber. Kyber crystals, yeah, it's powered by Kyber crystals, which are the things that power lightsabers. So the Death Star beam is essentially a giant lightsaber. Giant lightsaber. <laughs> that is fantastic. Which, which makes perfect sense. Of course it does. <laughs> That's brilliant. 
um <laughs> yeah it was just so nice to see uh like a to get a bit more detail on the original death star and b to like see more detail on the original death star like uh just because obviously it's newer and we've got a lot better sort of cgi tech and stuff it looks so much better than it used to it's and it fixed that common complaint of why did they make it so easy to blow up through this little hole yeah it gave an answer finally in the in the form of mads mickelson he did it um yeah, I like how this is like, even when Matt Mickelson plays the good guy, he's still a bad guy, in a yeah. way. For the longest time, I thought that he actually had a dodgy eye, <laughs> because of, <laughs> um, what was it, Casino Royale, he had the, the dodgy eye in, and then I, the next thing I saw him in was a film called Valhalla Rising, by uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, I think, um, uh-huh. in which he also had a dodgy eye, and I was just like, oh, this guy's just got a dodgy eye. <laughs> it was the same one it turns out he's just a man with normal eyes a handsome oh. man I think he's a cool he's a cool I really like him yeah uh, I'd like to see uh, more things uh, less like villain roles and more just roles you know yeah he's doing good with Disney at the moment so he's probably gonna be in future Disney films he's been in Doctor Strange and he's been in Star Wars so he's probably yeah Going to be in a Jungle Book 2 or Lion King or whatever. Oh, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. God, that's going to get a live action remake as well, isn't it? They all. Yeah, like. Like, um. Idris. Idris. Uh, Idris Ebra. I probably pronounced that completely wrong. Idris, Idris Ebra. Idris, Idris Elba. Yeah, he's been in quite a few different Disney things now. He's been in the Thor films. He's been in. He was in the Light. Uh, sorry, the Jungle Book. Haven't seen it. He's in Zootopia. Haven't seen it. Although my housemate watched it <laughs> the other day because you sent it to him. <laughs> yeah, someone's, someone's uploaded all these Disney films onto Pornhub. <laughs> Pornhub on his girlfriend's phone <laughs> and watched Zootopia just because it was there. <laughs> it's just like a Sunday morning and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Mind you, I can't. I was watching like... I was literally in the in the depths of a Donnie Yen binge uh, that kind of peaked with Rogue One and sort of spiralled downwards into this film that I watched yesterday called The Iceman, uh, which is essentially <laughs> like the Chinese Terminator uh, mixed with um, George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an ancient Chinese warrior that gets frozen and, and reformed in the future or in the modern days. <laughs> and he's learning all about modern life. Oh, good film. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Donnie Yen is in Rogue One. Uh, one of our favourite Kung Fu dudes. And yeah, yeah, his role is so, so good. So very good. Man, he's just like... Well, he's not even a Jedi, is he? He's just like really strong with the Force, but he's blind. Uh, he could have been a Jedi. He could have been a Jedi. Someone's done a Photoshop GIF version of him with his little stick doing his Kung Fu action and then turned it into a lightsaber and it looks so cool. So, uh, I'm yeah. With the Force, the Force is with me. I'm with the Force, the Force is with me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the, uh, uh, his, his like mate gets up 
at the end, I'm trying not to spoil stuff, and he's like walking forward with his big machine gun. I'm with the force, the force is with me. And he's like <laughs> just destroying force with this giant fucking cannon thing that's like attached <laughs> to his back. Oh man. Um, so I guess- we'll start at the beginning. There was no 20th century fox. <laughs> nope, there was uh, no crawl. Crawl? No, there's no crawl. That didn't happen. Uh, and it's one of the things I really like about this film. I like that the soundtrack is different, right? Uh, I like that it doesn't have all the old sort of themes and motifs. Like, it's all new. All new, all the time. Yeah, it's like heavily... You can tell it's heavily inspired. So it's like very true to Star Wars, but it was original as well you know it's yeah he it I think, fit i think it fits it fit well you could hear anything from like that collected soundtrack and be like that's from a star wars film um and it probably take you a good five minutes to realize like oh it's not those same sort of 15 themes that have been in all of the star wars films it must be rogue one like because I, I think so mm. far it's the only one that hasn't had those you know but i mean it did start with like the classic uh sort of wipe shot though right like they always start with that it'll be looking at a point in space and then like pan down or pan up or whatever the case may be pan somewhere and yeah pan somewhere pan somewhere yeah so it starts off on where's it start off it starts on the uh planet doesn't it it starts off on uh wherever mads mickelson lives yeah on um ah, that's that's one thing that bugged me is that because it was like such a fast-paced movie to begin with it, like, kept, it just kept jumping from location to location it, it yeah. kept having these little subtitles of where you are yeah it kept doing that thing of like flashing the name of where the place is and i honestly wasn't paying attention that much because there were i think like a good six or seven different planets and like if you ask me now i couldn't name them um like it's not like fucking Tatooine, Dantooine, uh, Alderaan. Like I can remember all those things. I can't remember these new ones. I don't think any of these new ones were in it. Oh, any of the old ones were in Rogue One, if that makes sense. Um, no. So yeah, it starts there, and we have uh, uh, what's his face, the evil man. <laughs> he's he's coming to collect Mads Mikkelsen because Mads Mikkelsen is the man responsible for for uh, designing the Death Star. Um, and he wants to, you know, get his you know family away because he feels like maybe they're going to be used against him, I guess. I have problems remembering the beginning of the film. This is why I want to watch it again. Um, yeah, so basically it's like uh, they want his family to use his leverage and then ultimately they kill his wife and his daughter goes into hiding until Forrest Whisker finds her. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker needs eye surgery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, I thought it was very strange that she had a Stormtrooper doll. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it's because he was, you know, with the Empire and she probably grew up with that and, you know, yeah, what he's been around. Yeah, it's just kind of fun. I just imagine him doing his little role plays with her and like saying, this is the bad guy. Yeah. And then these are the good guys and pointing to all these like scraggly rebel looking dolls. Oh, Stardust. Oh, Stardust. <laughs> um, yeah, so she hides in her little hidey hole 
until uh, Forest Whitaker saves her, and then it fast forwards to the future. Yeah, she's a naughty girl. So that, so that must that must have happened pretty. It must happen like around the same time that um, Revenge of the Sith was kind of ended. Because she's about the same age as Leah, I would have said. So when she's... Oh, no, she would have been a bit old. Oh, no. She... I would no, say no. Leia would be a bit older, I would think. Um... <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. So, yeah, so this is probably not too long after Revenge of the Sith. Um, I mean, you'd imagine they scoop up Anakin and, you know, robot him up and then get to work on how the Empire's going to continue. And I Think about it, I think she's probably around the same age as Leah at the end, but then when she's a kid, obviously Leah will be a kid as well, so it'll be like several years after. Yeah, probably. After the events of Revenge of the Sith. She's probably like or the end of Revenge of the Sith. Four or five years, I reckon, I would say. So not about as long as it would take to build a giant fucking space station. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or at least a planet. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the crux of this movie, essentially, is that... Uh, uh, our protagonist Jin Erso, you know, a new character to the Star Wars canon. Uh, her father is responsible for designing the Death Star, the original Death Star, and um, the the rebels sort of realise this and try to use her to get to him, get in, get in contact with him. Yeah, it's quite funny because he's trying to get in contact with them. They're trying to get in contact with him, and well, I mean, they're trying to kill him. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. They want him dead. Um, and obviously she does not. <laughs> she does not want him dead. Uh, I like how it breaks down the rebels as well into like different factions. So you got the rebel rebels and then you got these really like outcasted rebels of terrible bad guys. Yeah, you have the rebels that are like... Um, you, the extremist rebels. <laughs> you'd guess like some of them are like ex-military or something like that. And so they're very good at following orders and stuff. And you have some that are just like probably quite rad at fighting. Um, and so they're being kept around because they're rad at fighting, but they're also shit at taking orders. So <laughs> just like go and fight whenever they want. Um, and if they weren't there, I guess, you know, the whole Rogue One plan wouldn't have come off. Like if it was just all those like ex-military guys, the ones that voted to not like do this mission, then, uh, you know, this probably wouldn't have happened and uh, the Death Star never would have got blown up and Star Wars wouldn't have happened, I guess. It just would have happened very differently. I guess, like, Empire and Jedi wouldn't have happened. That would be a shame. Yeah. uh, That would have been a shame. hmm. So what are, like, your your sort of high points for this film? Like, the best bits? The best bits? Um... For me, I'm going to skip right to the ending because I loved the ending. Like I was on the edge of my seat for the last like, and people say that, but I literally was sat forward in this armchair thing that I was sat in for the last like sort of half hour, 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> God it's, damn. From when um, the droid K2SO died. Oh man. And then everyone else started dying and then uh, it clicked to me like everyone's got their own purpose and once they've completed that purpose, they're just going to die. Yeah, this is literally a suicide. This is more of a suicide squad than the suicide squad in the movie Suicide Squad was. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So K2SO's job was to keep the door closed and then he'd done that and then died. And then the Donnie Yen's job was to push the button and he just walked out, pressed it and then died. And then 
I the uh, the uh, with me. yeah and then the, the pilot's job was to plug in the communication thing and he plugged it in and then he blew up and died <laughs> or to upload the plans or whatever he was yeah, he was cool with that pilot he was cool but he was also a bit weird because like uh forest whitaker put him in uh this like set this like mind reading beast on him to uh to find out some information uh and the emphasis was on the fact that he'd been like driven insane by it uh but then like as soon as the city starts to get blown the fuck up he's like snaps out of it and he's fine again he's fine for the rest of the film yeah uh... yeah i felt like he was a character that's kind of like thrown in just to fix the little problems they had (laughs) yeah he was it was a pretty funny plot device i think yeah, like he was there to show that Forrest Whitaker is a bit of a cunt. Um, <laughs> and like, oh, how do we get to plug into the internet? Oh, I don't know. Let's have this pilot guy wake up and learn how to plug things in. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it, it just turned out to be a bit of a plot device, which is a shame. But I, I thought it was quite a cool little character. He was quite a good character. In a way, like almost everyone in that film, bar the main characters, were a plot device. Like everyone was there to perform a function at the end of the day, like during like the, the last sequence. Perform a function and a death. That's yeah. all we want out of you. A righteous death. I'm which I mean we've we've spoiled it at this point, might as well just go for whole hog. Which uh death hit you the hardest? Um I'd say Jin and and uh Cassian, because I didn't know that they were gonna die. I thought they might have got off. And like you don't expect to watch this kind of film and it, you know have every character die, essentially. Yeah. Um, but then like they walk towards the the beach and then there was this big like sunset of explosions behind them and it was just like, a very nice moment. So, um, but K two S O for sure that that was brutal. I think that was the point where I realised there's not going to be any more K two S O in this movie. Probably ever because he was like their one. He's a um, an ex ex Empire like enforcer droid. Like, I knew this before the film came out because uh, of the cool guys at the Replica Props Forum. Did a lot of digging on that. Um, and, yeah, so there's, there's like, never going to be another one of him because he was special, you know. He's not not there anymore. But I think he, for me at least, eclipses BB-8, R2-D2, C-3PO. They are, they're all, sick, like, second fiddle now. Uh, he's so much better than all, all of them. He's so much better. He's very sassy. Very sassy. He's very sassy. He has a personality and like, you know, he, towards the end there, R2 was just essentially a plot device on wheels. Uh, (laughs) I mean, he was, that's all he served, right? He, in uh, The Force Awakens, he was just basically a flash drive for, you know, half a map. He, uh, (laughs) in the prequels, he was just like a key that unlocks things. Um, That's pretty much all he's been like for a long time uh bb8 was fun but i mean probably will continue to be fun right because there's more of those films but k2so just like was more of a cast member than any of those bb8s yeah bb8 is more of a like a puppy that just follows you around like it's cute and adorable and does some cool stuff but uh ultimately it's just like a little cute puppy and k2so was like he was a person in a robot skin and he had all this charisma and yeah 
Yeah, he is really cool. I really liked him. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a militarized um, uh, Marvin the Android from uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide. Just the way he's like with constant quips and he's always got something to add to the conversation. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he never seems like uh, he was along for the ride just for the sake of there needs to be another droid in this film. Like, and he definitely wasn't like just a plot device. Uh, he was like legitimately a full-on cast member, and for me, I think mean, that was really cool. Um, plus, he's a rad design. I love the way he looks. Yeah, yeah, they've done a really good job on him. Mm. So, uh, what was what was your highlight? Mm. Apart from KSUSO, uh, I think the biggest thing for me in this film is that they've finally managed to uh, make Vader. <laughs> like as scary as he should have been the whole fucking time you know <laughs> like in in uh, the original trilogy he's like this big sort of lumbering hulk that you know he's not particularly quick he's not agile or uh, or anything like that he's sort of very slow and, and bulky in Rogue One he's an efficient live like nippy just factory of death <laughs> for some reason he has red eyes i'm not sure what's going on there but um yeah i was i thought about that and then i was uh, as the scene continued he was on mustafa the mm. fire lava planet um I th it was just like reflecting out the glass so it's just like the reflection that's probably that but then of, it was also oh, um, in like his sort of metal castle thing yeah yeah in his metal castle it was um it was a big window. Oh, okay. From a, from a different angle, there's like a big window next to him. So I, I thought it really looks really out of place. I get that then. But then, uh, yeah, so but, I think the, the thing that defines it for me with him especially is like that. So at the end of Rogue One, they, um, to sort of bridge the continuity, they remake essentially the beginning scene from A New Hope, but um, like from a different perspective, right? So they have the, uh, it's like Leia's ship, and she's she's putting the the uh, the Death Star plans into R two and whatever else, and then fucking Vader is just like just destroying these two. He's like walking down the corridor. He's like batting the uh, laser blast with his lightsaber while he's force choking someone, and while he's like got a beam stopped in midair, and then like he lets the beam go to hit someone in the throat and stuff, <laughs> like multitasking from vader <laughs> he's never seen it before it's never happened and then you take a look at his fight with um uh ben kenobi on the death star right um in the new hope and it's just like the lamest <laughs> the lamest sword fighting there's ever been it's like, uh, 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 but like if you get the feeling that if this vader like if rogue one vader came up against any jedi it would be like just the dopest fight. It'd be such a good fight. Yeah. They've got the technology now to make these cool sequences happen. So, but um, speaking of the technology, yeah. mm -hmm. we'd be remiss if we didn't mention... Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name and this fucks me off. Grand... Uh, Tarkin? Yeah, Grand Moff Tarkin. Wait, I can't remember his real name, though. Um, Doesn't matter. Um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, that's the guy. And Carrie Fisher. And Carrie Fisher, yeah, they brought her back to life. Well, for 
a short scene. So I was reading up on that, and did you know that they didn't actually have Fisher mocap that they had? They hired young actresses to. Um, to yeah, because Fisher doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, these actresses don't like layer. That's all like <clears throat> superimposed over the top or whatever. But they didn't even have her animate the face. They uh, they got like young, like slim. <laughs> curls in to do it I guess so I think Fisher probably wasn't even involved in that in the slightest because it's definitely she wasn't she wasn't I remember she um, she wrote like a angry tweet at some some sort of tabloid article that said that she's too fat to act as herself <laughs> or something like that well I mean and she wrote like a very scathing tweet against uh, so yeah I'm old get over it <laughs> she kind of is though or was um rest her soul she uh she couldn't have pulled off like a new hope layer today not in a million years no that was like uh, uh, just, late 70s wasn't it so no there's no way no chance uh but the that, that was one of the things that i almost didn't like about the film was like the superimposed faces on tarkin and on Leia. um I think it worked in Leia. it's like this weird thing short scene. You look at it and you can see that the tech is excellent and it looks great. Sorry? Hmm. Oh. No, I was, uh, um, I was saying, like, with Leia, I think it worked because it was a very short, quick scene of just her turning around and saying a word. Yeah, there was a lot. But for Tarkin, I, I don't know what it is, but I can look at it, I can see it's wrong, but I can't describe why it's wrong. It's the thing, it's like you look at it, and you know it's wrong, but, like, objectively you look at it and you can see... This is excellent. This is a very, very, very fucking good representation. Like it's, it's, yeah, like, it's perfect. But you can it's just got lighting effects. You can see all the wrinkles and like your saggy skin is moving and whatever as he's talking and definitely like, like the eyes are moving. He's blinking and all the hairs are moving. Like I don't know what's missing. It's just uh, it's just the uncanny valley, isn't it? It's our brain. We know that there's. We know it's wrong. It's just you know, mm. it's so hard to do that sort of suspension of disbelief. Um, but, you know, but why did they, why did they do it for um for him and Leia but not uh, Mon Mothma? Uh, Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma is um the dude from Dexter, right? <laughs> That's the only way I know him. <laughs> That's the one. He's uh, no. uh or from um. This is what I'm on about. He's like the the sort of uh, Hispanic dude. Um, he's in the prequels with. No, no, Mon Mothma's the um, the one from the oh, the woman from the prequels. Oh, the uh, um, like the one in the white, the the head main woman. Yeah, uh, against the uh, rebellions. Yeah, um, I, I forget her yeah, okay. job title. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's not, the actress looks mm, pretty. Similar I'm not sure, to, but the guy I'm talking about, um, what she was. Oh, you broke up a little bit there, but yeah, internet's running out. It's running out. <laughs> needs 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 to put like another penny in the machine or something. I don't know. The guy I was on about, I can never remember his name. He was in Dexter, um, and he was in the prequels, and also in um, Rogue One. I think he was shown at the beginning of Rogue One at some point. I'm not quite sure. I really need to watch this film again and I can't wait to do something. Mm. Uh, but either way, he hasn't aged a day between the prequels and Rogue One, right? 
like of all the people that should have aged a bit because I'm talking like the beginning of the prequels as well this is like Padme being attacked in the palace time um yeah I don't know that one just sort of didn't ring true for me but the rest of it I liked it a lot the, you know, the CGI was a bit but it looked great it worked it achieved the desired effect I think so what do you think about um, the locations used in the new Star Wars film uh, I think they're really cool right uh, so they're different I think from what we're used to in, in Star Wars in general I mean like just in the original trilogy you kind of run the gambit of like uh, there's like a forest planet and a desert planet and get down into the prequels and there's like the water world and all kinds of cool shit like that but um, in Rogue One I guess you kind of get like a desert planet again but it's like a huge city rather than like a barren wasteland and again I don't know what this place is called uh, I can't Jeddah Oh, Jeddah, yeah, Jeddah. Uh, Jeddah, I remember that one. <laughs> I think Jeddah is the city. Oh, yeah, Jeddah's the city, not the planet. Yeah, Jeddah's Maybe. where the um, like the main old Jedi temple is, right, or was. Uh, but the Imperial's been raiding it for the um, what's the it? Crystals. The what's it crystals? Yeah. The, the what's it crystals? Uh, I've forgotten the name already. Kyber, the Kyber. Kyber crystals, yeah, and Donnie Yen's not happy about it. Um, in terms of like the best, the best location in the whole of Rogue One, I think it is that last sequence, um, in like the uh, the whatever the planet is called, where the Imperial archives are. Um, that is a really cool place. Yeah, Scarif. Scarif. I like the um, little security door they've got on, how like you can't land on the planet without going through this little tiny hole. Yeah, so like they have the planet enveloped in like a giant shield, um, which has like a, a circular gate on top, which is, I guess, the only place where the shield can like manually open or something. Um, yeah, yeah, because it has like hatches, right, that fold in and like open the shield, almost like goats. <laughs> that dude that spreads his arms. <laughs> <laughs> and like when they close it they just like fold up and the the shield continues <laughs> unfettered that's like a pretty cool system i think um but oh man that whole like that whole last like the third act of the film where you've got like inside the bubble of the planet you've got some like rogue essentially like terrorist cell fucking just destroying these uh, Imperial archives, trying to get at the Death Star plans. And like outside of the shields, you've got an entire like rebel fleet of like warships and capital ships and stuff, like fighting Star Destroyers and like X-Wings flying around everywhere. Maybe one of the best space battles in the whole of Star Wars, I think. Yeah, I like how it showed... Uh, he had that, yes, it reminds me of a little bit of um, episode one, where at the end you've got the on-planet battle and then you've also got the space battle happening at the same time simultaneously. Yeah. But um, it was just done so much better than just all these little disposable droids. Like it actually had purpose and a meaning behind the battle and it was really good. I quite you have some little kid flying a spaceship. Yeah. I quite like how um, like the Star Destroyer, like sort of conversely to Darth Vader, like Darth Vader's 
scarier than he was. I like how the Star Destroyer like isn't that scary anymore because they just like came up with a strategy and nailed it and took it down. Like, um, and the Star Destroyers didn't seem to do that much like in the fight, really. It kind of seemed like the Rebel, no. everyone was kind of milling around and not fighting, and the Rebels kicked off and just rolled them. Um, yeah, I quite like how they've done that, how they just push one into the other, basically. And Yeah, they have like a, a height, I think they call it a Hammerhead-class ship or something. It's like tiny compared to a Star Destroyer, but I guess it's super hard and it's got a ton of thrust or something. So it just like slams into the side of one and starts pushing it like into another one and they just like crumble and uh like topple down into the um like the you know shield generator thing yeah that was a that was a good satisfying ending but um yeah no i really liked it it um it did remind me of episode one but in a good way in like this is how it should have been yeah like i think the prequels have good parts right it's kind of uh, I can't remember what it was last week we were talking about something it, they had good ideas that were implemented poorly um, so like I think they're valuable just like for backstory and stuff although I guess you could probably just fuck them off now and go with Rogue One because <laughs> it's better than all of them the one true prequel the one true yeah the one to rule them all I said, the only prequel we asked for. <laughs> yeah, the only one that anyone like got on board with. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. To go, so we digressed a bit there. I think best location is uh, Scarif. That place is cool as fuck. But um, yeah, I love the colours as well uh, with the battle, like the, the you know bright blue turquoisey sea. Yeah, yellow yellow beaches. It was just very like tropical. Yeah, it's kind of tropical, but also kind of like. Like it's Lush. not natural. Uh, oh yeah, it's completely man-made. I said it reminded me a little bit of Dubai. Yeah, because it reminds me of that, that Palm Island man-made development, which is like big, giant man-made islands made out of sand. It just reminds me of that. Yeah, it's like that. It's um with the Half-Life Two Citadel in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool. Uh, it's a cool place. I think it's. Mm, it's maybe a tear up with that and uh and Jeddah because like Jeddah has one of my favorite moments in the whole film and that's like the first time you see the Death Star go off and like mm. they make it clear that it's not full power like it's not enough to destroy a planet but it's enough to just fucking disappear a city like <laughs> this huge ancient city they just like punch it with a little blast from the Death Star and like the visuals on that um are so cool like the, the the way the explosion happens and it you know it just looks fucking awesome the scale of it oh, man. yeah i like how to- uh i was gonna say tolkien uh, <laughs> tarkin <laughs> how tarkin like kind of like uh undermines uh the other guys that just tries to claim all credit for it and then he just goes pussying off to Darth Vader just trying to <laughs> he rocks up and he's like oh the Death Star's working now yeah this was all me <laughs> he's like he's trying to steal credit for it and Darth Vader just like chokes him and says stop being a wimp and just get on with it stop being a puss cake fucking Vader yeah man Vader is uh... it's like you woke me out of my bubble bath for this and... <laughs> yeah he was in his bubble bath tube 
Oh man, this is um, yeah, I hundred percent. I'm going to be watching this film again. I feel like um, kind of how I did with um the Force Awakens, where the first time I watched it, I was just sort of generally glad that it wasn't shit, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't the best, but it also wasn't like prequel level awful. Um, but in doing so, I feel like I missed a lot of what was going on. And it wasn't until the second time round that I really sort of got to grips with what was going on and a lot of the details and stuff. Um, I think that's the same here. Like, obviously I don't remember place names. Uh, I'm missing plot points, I feel, but, uh, yeah, second time round, I feel like I'm going to nail it. I'm going to get all that shit down and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot, a lot happens. It's a very fast-paced film because it tries. Uh, I, th- I feel that it could have been one of very few instances where it makes sense to do it over two movies. Maybe mm. just feels like they tried to cram a lot in to uh, one introducing the the characters and their backstories and their motivation, and two the characters coming together, and then three the characters all doing their mission and dying at the end. Yeah, they just seem to. It seemed to be a very big story for two hours. It also came out in the news recently that apparently there was enough footage cut to make like an entirely different film, right? Um, so I'm really looking forward to. It'll probably be the Blu-ray release. I, I'm not a fan of like owning films on Google Play or whatever. I quite like to just have the Blu-ray. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see what's in that deleted stuff or what didn't make it in, or if there'll be like a special cut that adds a lot of stuff. Um, hmm. Yeah. Didn't I also read that George Lucas is directing the next Star Wars story? Really? I don't think so. Did I dream that? It sounds more like a nightmare to me. Yeah, Probably. Someone, someone at Disney is fucked up if that happens. <laughs> I, I, I don't think George could bring himself back to, to doing it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd be um, lambasted by nerds worldwide. Uh, I, I don't think he wants that job anymore. I think he was happy just to sell Star Wars and yeah, you're someone else's problem now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Googling it right now. Star Wars. No. No, it can't possibly happen. Ever. We must not allow it to happen. We must steal the plans. Oh, and- for God's sake, there's a change.org petition. Disney, bring back George Lucas to the Star Wars movies. Like, <laughs> who in their fucking right mind? <laughs> who in their right mind? The last three Star Wars films he did were garbage. <laughs> How can anyone think that's going to be a good idea? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I guess we've done like a high points of the film and, you know, any any sort of downers on it that you feel? Anything there? Downers, yeah. I didn't like the... Um, I didn't like the place names showing up yeah not a fan of that part i think that's pretty lazy in a way but then i guess it was like i said it was a very fast-paced movie they tried to do a lot in the two hours they had 
So I guess it was kind of preferential to do it that way rather than do a lot of exposition, you know, saying, oh, we're in here now. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? You either flash the place names up with with the place as fast as it is or you get into some annoying dialogue that's like, why are we here in Jeddah? Once again, Jeddah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I can get on with that. That's one of the parts I wasn't too keen on. Um, yeah, and it didn't feel Star Warsy. It felt more like generic film. It's not something I expect out of Star Wars. It bugged me that it wasn't consistent either. Like some places had like the planet name and what the function was oh, of that planet. For fuck's sake. It did it again. It done it again. It dropped you. Just for reference, I'm. It's me in my end. I'm having internet connection problems here for some reason. Virgin are normally very good, but it's just not stable today at all, and I've got no idea why. And it's really bothering me. <laughs> uh, it's so much. It's bothering me. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, they weren't consistent with uh, place names. Yeah, they weren't consistent with like the format of the place names or. Like, it, I remember it cut to Mustafa, where Darth Vader was hiding yeah. in his little castle thing. It was like, why didn't it say? It was Mustafa, Darth Vader's castle. Or whatever. You know, that's that's one place where it's like people should have known what location was, should they? Or, you know, was it intentionally left out for whatever? So, yeah, I, th- I think um, a lot of the cut material was probably just exposition saying where they are. Maybe. Within the story. I think I, um, I think what they were saying is that a lot of the cut stuff was just like they took it in different ways to see what would happen. Um, so I'm not sure about that. Oh, man, for fuck's sake. Is it dropped again? <sighs> I can still hear you. I can still hear you. Oh, really? It's funny because I can hear you say, oh, for fuck's sake, and then you drop right a second later. <laughs> It's like, it's I, like you know, see it, I can see it cut and then I lose your sound and it does my head in. Yeah, I can still see you, so don't worry. Froze the um, entire game. Um, <laughs> and because of that... What's... Uh, yeah. Because of that, I've completely forgotten what I was saying. <laughs> I've lost it. Ah, it's lost forever. Um, what was your low points of the film, if any? Uh pretty much the same as what you've said one of the things i didn't like was you've got like uh i guess we've been harping on about this guy for the last like three weeks but uh, (laughs) you've got like a a martial arts master right in donnie yen um he does do some really cool fight scenes but it does that horrible like action movie thing with the fight scenes where the camera is just all over the place and you can't really see much going on yeah so that i I hate that anyway and to see it like if you go and watch any other donnie yen film like they film him because he's doing really cool shit they don't like shake the camera all over the place and cut it away for every attack or whatever you know this guy is totally capable of doing really fucking ridiculously cool fight scenes let him get at it you know yeah it's a common staple in asian cinema and there's a fight scene just to hold the camera still yeah, and let the action do all do all the work. It's respectful where the actors. Yeah, where in Hollywood it's like, you know, go for a jab here, and then we quick cut to you jabbing his face, and we quick cut to here and quick cut here. Yeah, it's just like before you know it, you got like 
34 shots of 34 quick cuts of uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. That's one of the things that I, um, yeah, really, uh, I love that video. That was one of the major things that did my head in between, um, uh, old boy and the American remake. So like Kung Fu films aside, old boy has like maybe one of the best fight scenes in like modern cinema, right? It's like a four minute, no cut scene with like a dude fighting a bunch of other dudes with hammers and bits of wood and stuff, but the camera never cuts away and it's all in one take and it's so perfectly choreographed. It's fantastic. And then you get like the American remake where, you know, it, it's just like the camera's basically on a spring or something and the cameraman's having a fit and it's all just like flapping around all over the place and he's like slapping record on and off and on and off and on and off. So it's just like a big convoluted cutty mess. Um, and that really fucks yeah, the thing, thing is, with when I do that in Asian cinema, I just hold the camera still. It requires good acting on both the, you know, both both the performer's part on the guy doing the kung fu, and also the guy who's actually receiving the blows to realistically like throw himself back and look injured and look like he's hurt himself. So it's a lot easier to do these jump cuts, and it's a bit lazy, I think. And yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I feel like it would have just been better served because like. I mean, this guy choreographs for people as well. He doesn't just like act it. He also does the choreography for these fight scenes and stuff. Maybe not in Star Wars, I don't know. But in other films, definitely. So I don't see why they couldn't have just been like, you know, choreograph this scene in a way that we can film it and like everyone will be comfortable or whatever. And you end up with like a better little slice of cinema than a, a convoluted jumbled mess. Because it seems weird where they won't, they won't do that with like gunfights but they'll do it with, mm-hmm. you know, melee combat or whatever. Uh, yeah, that was one of the things that pissed yeah. me off about the film. Uh, one of the very, very few things, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, if I remember right, did Donnie Yen do stuff in The Matrix? Not as an actor, but as a choreographer. Uh, he was in The Matrix, I believe. He was the Oracle's bodyguard? No, that wasn't Donnie Yen. Was it not? I'm sure no, it was. No, it definitely wasn't Donnie, Donnie Yen. Or was it? No, that was Chulin Chow. Okay. Chulin Chow. Yeah, for some reason, I just thought Donnie Yen done some of the choreographing. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, I know that guy now from like every other he's in a lot of kung fu films um here's a question from reddit <laughs> bruce lee jackie chan donnie yen or neo from the matrix <laughs> who would win in a fight okay i think we can rule neo out <laughs> yeah uh just because he knows kung fu quote unquote doesn't mean he can stand up to them boys um who do you reckon hmm. I'd say Donnie Yen. See, I'm going Jackie Chan. Even Bruce, like, Bruce Lee could Bruce Lee could do some damage, but Bruce Lee's dead, so he can't really do much at the moment. Yeah, Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen are alive. Um, I say Jackie Chan. That dude must be made out of like concrete at this point. He's taken so much of a beating over his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he done the choreography for Blade Two. 
I don't think I ever saw it because I didn't particularly like Blade 1. Uh, I can't remember. I've seen them all at one point. And looking at um, IMDb for Donnie Yen, Iceman 2 oh. is coming out this year. Ah, oh, see, I thought it might because the end of the um, of Iceman 1 sort of hinted at a sequel, but I didn't bother looking up to see if that would happen or not. Um, oh, I'm hyped. And more... And then next year, 2018, is Ip Man 4. Oh, yeah! That I am. Yeah, Who the fuck is going to be fighting this time? Like, God. <laughs> so he's fought, like, Wait, so the best martial artist in Japan. He's fought the best boxer in Europe. He's fought Mike Tyson and, like, the only other martial artist of his skill set who's, like, on his level. Who's next? Like, Jesus. I wonder if this one will have more Bruce Lee in it. I think maybe that's the plan because that's... Because I thought that was a plan for it, Man 3. Yeah, but... I thought that might be the selling point for it going forward. Uh, that it would evolve into like the story of Bruce Lee's training or whatever. Um, mm. But then it did do that sort of recap thing at the end where it was like, Bruce Lee went on to do this and this and this. So I don't know. Yeah, if I remember, it was just going to be a trilogy. Like He was very reluctant to even do the third film, let alone a fourth, I guess. But hey, the third doing it. was really weird like compared to the other two. Yeah, the other two are more grounded, where this is a bit more surreal, because I think they were just making up some stuff. But at least there'll I don't be think it was... more fighting because his wife's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? So she kept holding back. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and you should watch totally go watch them. Yeah. Yeah, they're on Netflix. They're really good. Really worth watching. I'm actually one movie away from uh, burning through my supply of Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen films on Netflix. <laughs> the only new one I've got to come is the uh, the new Netflix original, which is a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel. I need to watch the first one. It's, and then, um, it's very conceptual. Yeah, I've never seen it. I know it was like really good at the time, but it just flew under my radar. So yeah. I've got them two films to watch. Maybe I can watch them now. Netflix do that thing where you can store films and TV shows offline. Only certain things, so that might not be the case, but hopefully. Um, yeah, it should be all right, because they're originals, you can. Oh, the originals, yeah. Netflix. I'm just original uh, Crouching Tiger, maybe not. Unless they bought the rights, I don't know. Um, but yeah, don't don't go into it expecting like what you got from Ip Man. It's not the same in any way. So um, <laughs> no, that's all right. It's more I'll flying see. swords and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think um, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do that. We. Um, I think. Uh, are you planning on watching Rogue One again? No, not anytime soon. Not until it's out on DVD or Blu-ray. So I went we? like three times to see The Force Awakens at the cinema, but I think I did as well. Um, I'll, I'll pass for this one because uh, I can wait. I can wait. I've seen it now. I know what it's about. And I'm not in a rush. So let's come back to it on the Blu-ray release. Yeah, that's a good idea. Come back to it on Blu-ray. Our thoughts would have matured. The hype would have died down because it's just very exciting when you got a new Star Wars film. 